0: I'm responsible for the funny markings in your readings this morning and I'll explain them eventually, all right? I am asked several times a year, maybe a dozen, how how someone can get to know the Anglican Church. And I have three standard responses. The first one is don't ever sit in the front if you're a visitor. Chris and I once attended an Anglican church, and we sat in the second row. We were standing in row two when everyone behind us was sitting. And and the priest looked at us and gave us a sort of Mona Lisa smile, like, you don't know what you're doing, do you? We looked around and then sat down and learned our lesson. The second thing you can do if you want to understand Anglicans, is uh, the old wisdom that I've heard many times from veteran Anglicans, is you have to attend for at least three months to figure out what's going on. And then you probably still don't know that much, but at least the rhythms uh, begin to be comfortable. We don't often admit it, but there's not a little pride in Anglican sophistication. So we have a motto in Latin that is used frequently, Lex orandi, lex credendi, which is translated uh, literally, the law of prayer is the law of faith. But more commonly, we paraphrase it is, the way we worship is the way we believe. And that is why so many tell people that if you really want to understand Anglicanism, you need to attend services to see how this worship works, because that's what makes Anglicans Anglicans. Now the third thing to do is to pay attention every week, and it's hard because there's a lot going on that you might be missing. We sing and we pray and we stand and we sit. If you read the italics, sometimes you know when, when you do each one. And we listen to lots of Scripture being read. We listen to a sermon, which sometimes is called a homily, and we confess the creed and we pray and we pass the peace, and then we have the Eucharist, and then we are blessed, and we go home as light reflections of Christ who is the light. Repetition like this over time can become formative, spiritually formative, and the spiritual formation movements understand all about these, the value of repetition. In our community group, led by Kelsey Ebling. Each time we meet, we end with a prayer, which is a collect, and I'll explain this. And this is what it says. And once you hear it, you like it. You say, I want to have that prayer. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, Pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. And we like that prayer. We don't want to end our, our time together without saying that prayer now. It works on us as a group. Now, a main element of the Sunday worship in the Anglican church is something called the Collect. They can be charming by their beauty and by their words. These are the prayers we utter in the Sunday morning service. They are called collects because, now nobody knows this for sure, because they think they collect the standard petitions or the requests of the people who've come to worship that day. So over a a year, there are approximately 65 collects uttered in an Anglican church. The proper pronunciation is collect. So if someone says collect, give them a Mona Lisa smile. Collects is another word for a petitionary prayer or prayers of request. They are prayers asking God for something. These collects are used in all the lectionary-based churches. So, the Methodists have almost the same collects. The Presbyterians, you know, they have to adjust things a little bit. Um, And the Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox, almost all these traditions use the same collects. And these are prayers, some of which go back to the fourth century. They've been adjusted over time, lightly edited, and sometimes heavily edited. But these are the prayers of the church throughout the history of the church. And it reflects a a kind of theology that God cares and listens to us, and that's why we ask God for things. We draw ourselves into the presence of God. He draws us into His presence. And as Dallas Willard would say it, our God is an interactive God, is that we speak with God through these prayers. So this morning... I, I want to talk about the collects. Now, I know this isn't really a sermon on a text, but it is collects that are based upon these texts. And so the collect brings together the biblical, the deep biblical themes of prayer. These collects do something to me, I can tell you personally, and I didn't at first recognize what it was but it is in reading these prayers these collects and reading the bible's own prayers that i began to realize that what the collects have done is put into a neat tidy formula the major themes of prayer in the bible the major elements of prayer that show up in the bible so they they create a formula that these collects that we will pray they create a formula that is supposed to form us when we're learning to pray. Now here's what I, I fear. I fear that we say these and we think they're really cool and we can say them almost mindlessly and numbingly and not see what's actually going on in these prayers because it is some of the Bible's richest theology you will ever see in these prayers. So there's some unusual formatting in your bulletin this morning. We call it a bulletin, don't we? I know that's Baptist language, too, so I'm not quite, no longer sure what I should call it. But if you will turn to the sermon notes page, you will see the explanation of why some things are in italics, and some are underlined, and some are in bold, and some are in bold italics, and some are just regular font. So at the top of the sermon notes, you see where it says proclamation? Proclamation. These are the five elements that are at work in collects. They're not always present, but these are the five elements that show up. First, there is an address of God, which is often called the invocation. Then there is a, a very distinctive element of prayers that I think we as Christians and prayers forget. The, the colleagues teach us to remind God and to acknowledge God of things about God, and we'll see how this works. And then they ask God they have a petition. They, they know what they're doing. And then they expect God. This is where we get implicated in the answer to our prayer. If God answers this prayer, something is going to happen. Um, in technical Anglican language, this is called the aspiration. But in teaching students how to pray collectively, they don't know what aspiration means, and they're going into the ministry, so we use a different term. And then finally, there's a access to God through Christ. Those are the five elements of a collect. These five elements are shaping us weekly when we read these collects, and they can influence our prayer life. These collects are actually given on Sunday, and they're meant to be prayed every day of the week until the next collect on Sunday. So they're also they're weekly prayers and daily prayers. They turn our requests into sharp, brief formulas. They are also designed to instruct us and to form us in our prayer lives. It's like using the Lord's Prayer to hang our various requests on. So I want to look at one, and it's called the Collect for Purity. And it is on your sermon notes. This was originally a prayer. Every one of these collects has a history. And church historians love this stuff, uh, worship historians. But originally, the Collect for Purity was only said by the priest's and the deacons in the sacristy. But our church brings it into the church, believing in the priesthood of all believers, and so we all say this together. It says this, Almighty God, that's the address to God, and this is something about God. To you, all hearts are open, all desires known, And from you, no secrets are hid. Now that is an open heart before God. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. This is the request, the petition. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Now we evangelicals get nervous with that word inspiration because that's not how we use it, but it's okay, it's in the collect, we'll be fine. And then the request has this implication, the aspiration, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your name. As we enter into worship, we want to be purged of our sins so that in this worship time we may perfectly love God and worthily magnify his name as we pray and worship together. And then it ends, as most of these colleagues end, through Christ our Lord. Amen. There it is. One, two, three, four, and five. All five elements in a prayer that we say every Sunday. And I'm willing to suggest that most of us don't see all five elements. But I hope now that you'll never forget this and that you'll start diagramming these sentences. If you need help, Brad and Dana and I would love to help you diagram sentences. This is our life. All right? We find it as as innovative and as stimulating as reading novels. All right? But these prayers, to use a German expression, are not just knoppig, snappy, they are also profoundly biblical. These little formulas, these elements, derive from what's in the Bible, and they put it into a formula so that we can be taught how to pray. Notice then the biblical basis for some of these, and that's why we've got the text underlined as we do. So in Acts chapter 4, I find this prayer to be significant in the New Testament. It is a beautiful prayer when you realize what the what's what's going on. Sovereign Lord. That's what he decides to call God in this prayer. Who made, now look how long the underlined elements are. Who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. It is you who said by the Holy Spirit, through our ancestor David, your servant. Now, this person praying quotes the Bible in the prayer. Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against His Messiah, which has direct implications in Acts chapter 4. But then the prayer not only has quoted Scripture, he brings up recent events. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had destined to take place. And now because this is all true, notice the prayer, knows this about God. God, you predicted this, and this is happening right now in our midst, and now because that's true, and because you've made these statements about yourself and what you can do, This is my request. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. Now, the Greek word here used for boldness is a word that means frankness as well. It is someone who's willing to speak truth to power. So it's not someone who gets loud. It's someone who's willing to say the truth. Speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And it's over. Except the next verse in the book of Acts answers the prayer, and it's beautiful. The that or number four in the elements of a collect is missing, in part because they got the boldness and did exactly what they wanted to happen. In verse 31, it reads, When they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. So they got what they wanted. So the fourth element, they didn't know collects were going to include a, a that clause, uh, but they got what they wanted. Now I'd like you to skip to the fourth collect on that page. This is a prayer for health. It's also prayed in the context of uh, putting oil on someone, a chrismation. O Lord, Holy Father, giver of health and salvation, send your Holy Spirit to sanctify this oil that... As your holy apostles anointed many that were sick and healed them, so may those who in faith and repentance receive this holy unction be made whole. That's a beautiful prayer for healing rooted in something about God, that God is the giver of health and salvation. And salvation here is more than just personal salvation. This is holistic redemption. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I think you will agree with me that these prayers of the church are not only beautiful prayers, but they are piercingly clear. They become instructional. They teach us how to ask God for what we want. Now, I mentioned this, but I teach my students at Northern, we have these week-long classes called intensives, and that's the only way I teach anymore, which is kind of cool. You can add up four weeks of teaching with the rest of my schedule, and it's pretty cool. But at the beginning of the week, I often teach my classes what a collect is, and then I talk about praying collectively. And then we write out a prayer for the class that we utter every day of the week. And then many of the students will pray that prayer the the entire year uh, as they think of their class. And at the end of today's talk, I want to um, give to you a prayer that I've written for Mother Amanda, a collect. But here's here's something I'd like to give you some advice if you'd like to pray collectively. And if you don't, you know, get out your cell phone and go through Twitter for a while, because I've got a few more minutes here, all right? First, if you're going to pray collectively, you have to begin with number three, all right? That is, you have to know what you're going to ask God for. Everything is rooted in number three, the request. And I know that many of us wander into our requests, There's nothing wrong with wandering when you pray. Psalm 77 is a bit of a wandering prayer, and that's why we read that today. But you begin there, and you can anchor the whole prayer in the collect form. At times, we don't even know what we want until we're talking to God, and it comes to mind. But when you know deep inside what you want, the collect form is perfect. So you ask the question, what do you want? And I often tell my students, write it down. Put it on print. All right? Collects begin in the middle. The address, the, what we call God, and the reminding God are based upon that specific request. So that's where we begin. Second. Ponder what you know, or why you know what you know about God that makes God the kind of God that would answer this request that you have. Think about what God is like. Why would God want to answer your prayer? Notice what is said in Acts chapter 4. It's because this is what you said, God. Give us the boldness. And this is the way biblical prayers frequently work when they're petitions. They, in a sense, are bargaining with God. They're saying, if if you're like this, then I think you should answer this prayer. You might think that that's irreverent, but it's biblical. Read Genesis 18 sometime with Abraham. But this second part, the second uh, suggestion I have, teaches us to slow down in our prayers. We tend to barge in. Dear God, I want this. The collect teaches us to slow down. There's a richness in this part of the collect. Notice how many underlined words there were in Acts chapter 4. It's not manipulation of God. It is an act of faith, of trust, and wonder, and faithfulness that we know that God is like this. It has theological depth and biblical anchors. It encourages us also to approach God in reverence that we know you are like this. Talking to God about who God is and what God is like is an act of glorifying God. So second, then think of something about God and then you begin to write that down as well. Third, think about what name for God in the Bible or what name you want to give God best fits this request. Um, I... Um, I've gone through all the collects and mapped them out, and the the four most common uh, names for God are not very exciting if you're looking for something fresh and new. Almighty God, God, Lord, Father. Those are the common uh, names used for God. They are also the Bible's most common names for God. Fourth, take time to absorb what you will do if God answers your prayer. Notice what is in the Collect for Purity. The request is, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Make us fit for worthy, for, for worshiping, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, which is what the entire service is about, right there worthily magnifying the name. This element also takes time to consider. It hooks us into what we're asking for, that we become implicated in God's answer. Sort of like, if you answer this prayer, I'll do this. Finally, and this is how all the collects end, remind yourself that every letter, every word, and every sentence that you utter in prayer arises from the goodness and grace of God to us through Jesus Christ. So there's two common endings in colics, through Christ our Lord, kind of a short one, and then the longer one, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever, amen. Now you've heard this many times in here, but it comes through that. Uh, last week, we had an announcement that Mother Amanda would be taking a renewal leave, and I know that many of us are committed to praying for her, so I've written a collect for Mother Amanda for her rest and renewal this week, or this few weeks. So here it is. I'll read it to you. Almighty God, our Creator, you created the world and all that is in it, and then you the Creator of all, rested. Not only did you rest, but you ordered humans to rest as you did by taking a Sabbath. And not only did you order us humans to rest, but you ordered humans to let the fields rest and find their own Sabbath. Your Son, Jesus, invited us, His followers, to come to Him so we could find rest in our inner depths. And this same Jesus broke through boundaries to work redemption, restoration, and renewal on days of rest. And your Spirit has come to us and now rests upon us to restore us and to empower us as witnesses. And you have taught us that the final kingdom will be life's final rest. Grant to Amanda to rest in these your many rests, to find rest in your grace, to find rest in your Son who offers rest, and to find her rest in your Spirit who rests upon her, that she may be restored, rejuvenated, and renewed to her calling among us as our pastor and worship leader. Grant all these requests, we pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 Thank you.